Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get into the stories, I need to give a disclaimer for story number 7 for sexual harassment and assault. I'll have it labeled in the timestamps if any of you want to skip that one. And remember, you can always send your stories at southerncannibal.com. Alright, let's get started. And remember, to always... The story takes place around 2016. My friends Gina, Sabrina, and I were around the ages of 17 and 18 years old. During the early evening, we were riding my golf cart around the neighborhood. I was driving, and Gina was riding passenger, and Sabrina was in the back seat. We were driving straight, going up a hill, and about to pass a car approaching a stop sign on a street to our left. The car proceeded to almost run through the stop sign and then make a left-hand turn, but then they saw us and then slammed on their brakes. As we passed them, they get behind us and then proceeded to follow us, then screaming at us from out of the window. I guess that they were angry because they claimed they couldn't see us, but it was still bright enough outside that the headlights weren't even needed. As they're following us, they're yelling all of these obscene things, and I started to panic, and I started turning down random streets trying to get away from them. I get to a new section of our neighborhood that's in the process of being built to try and cut through some woods that would come out right in front of my parents' friend's house. When I took a right-hand turn to try and get to the woods to do so, I ended up driving the golf cart on a huge rock pile, causing the golf cart to nearly flip with all of us still on the golf cart. The couple catches up to us, and a middle-aged man and a woman get out of the car, and the man starts filming my friends and I. As I mentioned before, two out of the three of us were 17, so we were minors. We tell him to stop filming us, while his wife calls the police on us. I call my dad, and he comes to where we're at, and he then helps us get the golf cart off the rock pile all while this crazy-ass couple proceeded to continue recording and screaming at us. We get the golf cart unstuck. My friends and I jump back on to head home, while my dad decides to stay there and then wait for the police. Gina's the one driving this time, since she's the oldest of the three of us, and I got in the back. The crazy couple saw us leaving, and then proceeded to get back in their car and then start following us. They followed us so close that they almost rear-ended us. I was on the back of the golf cart just screaming at this point. They eventually stop, and we finally make it home. We meet up with my mom, who then goes to the scene to help my dad, so he's not left alone with these crazy-ass people. Once the police get there, my parents explained the whole story from what we told them, and the police actually ended up siding with us and they even told my parents how psychotic that couple was. Eventually, after a while, the couple ended up moving out of the neighborhood, and we never did hear from them or see them again. Side note, during all of this happening, they actually had their two young grandkids in the car watching everything. I still cannot believe that they did all this while having two young kids in the car. It's pretty damn crazy if you ask me. So back in 2014 to 2015, 
I was living in a rented house with my mom and brothers. The town in which we rented seemed pretty isolated. The nearest gas station was about 8 miles away, so there was literally nothing to do except go hiking and exploring the mountains. I'm a female, and around this time I was 16. When you came out of the back door, you had houses facing the back of our house. This one neighbor who we'll call R always gave me the creeps. Even more so now, but maybe I've just been watching too much Law & Order SVU. R was a huge chain smoker, and I rarely ever saw him with a shirt on. One thing I remember him doing for us was that he always insisted on taking our trash bin to the curb the night before trash day, and he seemed to get mad if we did it. One day as I was taking the trash back, R was just standing and giving me a weird stare, so I gave him a confused look in return. Oh, I just can't stop staring at you because you're so tall and pretty. I really like tall and pretty girls. A chill ran down my spine. R had to be in his 50s, and he was also married. After that weird comment, I rarely went outside. And the times I did, he always seemed to notice and comment about me never coming outside. And R would also ask, You never come outside? Why? Is your mom locking you in the basement or something? He'd then chuckle as he asked me that, and he would then say that I was always welcome over to his house and stuff. I'd always decline because, well, I was scared I'd be molested or something if I went to his house. I was getting very annoyed by this, but I think this one encounter kind of proved my point. I was home alone, and I decided to get some fresh air. Hey Marley, how's it going? That's not my name, but I never bothered correcting him. R walked up to me without a shirt, and I don't really remember the conversation. All I really remembered was that he wanted to hug me. Me thinking it was going to be just a two-second side hug where you barely touch. Boy, was I wrong. R basically had me in a beer hug, pushing my body tight against his, rubbing one hand down my back. His hand was getting extremely close to landing on my butt. I had to hold my breath with how much he reeked of smoke, and I think I was in shock. If anyone was wondering if I ever told anyone about R, I tried telling people in my church, and I tried to open up to my sister who would occasionally come from college. I was pretty much just told by everyone not to worry about it, and that I was just thinking too much into it. So yeah, that's pretty much the end of my story. No one ever really took me seriously about this disgusting creep. When I was a kid age 5 and my sister age 7, my sister and I were playing outside in front of our yard. Our neighbor named Doug lived across the street from us. We didn't know much about Doug at the time. We had no idea that a neighbor could even be bad or a creepy person at all. Also, considering the neighborhood we lived in, you didn't hear a whole lot about crimes taking place because we lived in a nice small town. Fast forward though. Growing up, we recalled a bunch of times where cops were always at his house, but we never found out what for. Anyways, back to my sister and I playing in our front yard. He was outside approaching us from across the street. He asked us if we wanted to come inside of his house. I don't quite remember what for though. 
but his curious kids would follow him across the street into his home. He then took us into his basement. I remember it smelling like smoke. His father, who he called Papa Bear, was passed out sleeping on his chair. Doug then took us a little further back into his basement, then bent down to our height and whispered into our ears, Y'all are such good girls. You know that, right? When all of a sudden, we then heard a knock at his front door. It was my dad who had been looking out of the window, watching us follow him into his home. When we got outside, my dad was yelling at him outside his house, saying to stay the fuck away from his daughters, and we ran inside. If my dad hadn't seen us go into his house, who knows what would have happened to us. This event gives me the chills to this day. This isn't my story, but my birth dad's. I'm going to call him Jake for the sake of anonymity. For a bit of background, I'm adopted, but I had an open adoption, and I have a really good relationship with both sides of my birth family. Jake used to have what some of my friends would call black Air Force energy since before I was born, because he was the kind of guy who wore black Air Force once and had the personality to go with it around most people except for me. If you know the type, you know. The type that's cocky, been to jail, runs from the cops because he's got something in his pocket, and isn't really afraid of anyone because he'll hit hard and fast, as a general description. He used to run with some pretty bad guys until this story. About 12 to 13 years ago when I was in high school and getting into my own brand of trouble, Jake lived nearby me in another part of California. I wasn't allowed to go to the neighborhood he lived in because it was run down and dangerous and kind of cramped. He had a small crew of friends that made his mom cuss when talking about them, even though she never did otherwise. Two of these guys I'm going to call Greg and Brandon. Jake was hanging out with Greg at Brandon's apartment. Brandon had a girlfriend who I'll call Sophie who lived with him. Sophie was pregnant at the time. All of them were together in this little one-bedroom apartment, the kind where a stream of visitors showed up to one apartment door all night every night. You can hear your neighbor's conversations, and maintenance is mysteriously absent whenever you need them. Jake, Greg, and Brandon were all smoking weed and shooting the shit. Sophie came out of the bedroom and sat down with them, lit up a cigarette, and started smoking it. Jake and Greg were uncomfortable with it, but Jake stayed quiet, not really wanting to deal with Brandon's temper just a couple of hours before his parents came to visit with their own tempers. If she wanted to fuck up her baby, that was on her. Greg was one of those people that was actually kind of a good guy, just unable to make it out of the hood. He told Sophie to put that out because it was bad for the baby, as if the three of them hadn't totally hotboxed that shoebox of a living space. In response, she took a hit from Brandon's blunt while looking at him square in the eyes. He then snapped that he didn't want the kid needing to be on oxygen for the rest of its life and addicted to nicotine before it even saw the inside of a hospital room. Brandon started screaming and cussing at him for sticking his nose into their business and then suggesting that their baby was going to be anything less than perfect. He kicked Greg out and made Jake follow after also agreeing with it being bad for the baby. He made a snide remark about Jake not being a real dad 
and being too stupid to keep me and letting a couple of well-off people ruin me. Jake almost swung on him, but he didn't want to be in jail and miss my flute concert, so he left. Jake stayed home that night, deciding to give Brandon hell another day. He had to mentally prepare to see me and not talk or act like a thug around everyone else. Greg, however, didn't. He showed up at Brandon's apartment yet again sometime after midnight. He was kind of drunk, and he couldn't let go that Sophie was hurting her baby. He started pounding at Brandon's door, screaming and shouting about the whole situation. Brandon and Sophie opened the door and proceeded to have a shouting match about it. Threats flew across the household from either side. Finally, Brandon slammed the door when one of his neighbors threatened to call the cops on them. Greg really should have left, but he didn't. He kept banging on their door, continuing with his spiel and threats. He said he was going to report this to the hospital that they were going to have the baby at, as well as CPS and the cops, and literally anyone who would listen and could do something. After a few minutes, Brandon opened the door yet again, and then shot Greg right between the eyes. They didn't even try and run or hide it. They just went back to bed until the cops came and arrested them. Jake woke up that morning to the news. He lost two best friends and a possible godchild that night. As close as he'd come to killing or getting killed so many times, all the situations he'd been in or heard of, it never hits this close to home for him. He didn't tell me what happened until I was in college when he thought I was old enough. He just sucked it up and came to my concert. According to him, Brandon and Sophie didn't even have any remorse, except for the fact that they wouldn't get to be parents. If I remember correctly, Sophie got five to ten years, had her baby in jail, and it was put into the system, and Brandon got 25 years. There is a slight silver lining, though. Jake made a decision the night of my concert that he couldn't stay where he was and keep leading the same life that he was, so he ended up dropping the rest of his friends from that old life. He also got a better job, and he managed to save up enough money to move. He somehow persuaded his ex-fiance to take him back after dumping her a few years before because his friends had said that she was way too uptight. Luckily, she straightened him right out, and I got to see them get married, and I have pictures of my two little siblings on my phone. They're really happy in Alabama in a big house on some acreage because she works from home for a software company out here in California. So, Cali wages and Bama prices... Jake only wishes that it took his own head to get out, and not Greg's. This happened during spring of 2022. I was sitting in my room watching YouTube and reading before I went down for bed. I heard a loud car engine drive past the house, but then I heard it quiet down when it went into reverse. I then heard two male voices outside. I sat up on my knees to get a better look. I saw one man in the driver's seat, but the other had a crowbar up to my brother's car window. I then yelled in a slightly deeper voice, Hey, get the fuck away from our car! The men then turned and looked up at me. The one with the crowbar yelled back up, Fuck you, bitch! I was rather annoyed and yelled back, No, fuck you! Yo, Sean! Some assholes are trying to steal your car. 
I was up and on my feet sprinting down the stairs trying to get outside to scare them off. My pit bull on my heels growling as if she knew I was ready to fight. My brother flew downstairs behind me and we got outside while the truck is peeling out down the street. I ran down the street to see where they were going. While I didn't see them, I could hear where the truck was going. My brother told my mom and stepdad what happened. My stepdad came outside dialing the cops. But my mother, boy oh boy my mother, and nothing but her nightshirt and socks, she jumped in her car and chased after them after I gave her the general direction. I just stood outside telling my stepdad what I could remember. My neighbors came out with their friends and I told them what happened. Then I heard it. A roaring engine. I flew down the street just in time to see the truck speeding out of the neighborhood, followed closely by my mother. My neighbor's friend hopped in his truck to go and try and help my mom. He came back minutes later, not knowing where they had gone. Fifteen minutes later, my mom returned. She said that she had followed them through a few lights and onto the freeway. That's when she realized that it probably wasn't smart to keep chasing them. Not long after, a cop came to my house. I told him what I saw, and my mom told her side as well. She found the truck a street over pulled up next to a dark van. They noticed her, and they both fled. She chased after the van to the point where I saw her at the corner. The cop asked if she got the plates from the truck, but she didn't have her glasses on, so she couldn't read it. The cops told us that a report of an attempted break-in on another street in our neighborhood happened 20 minutes before it happened in ours. I thought to myself, how stupid can you be to drive three streets over to try that again? We found out that my brother had left his computer backpack in the car, and we assumed that is what they were interested in. My friends at work said that I was brave, but also stupid, because how would I know if they didn't have a gun on them? They said I could have been shot. I didn't even think about that. Hindsight, am I right? I had heard the truck in the neighborhood a few more times before I left. Anytime I heard a loud engine drive by the house, I was always up and ready. To do what, I don't know. Our neighborhood had always been safe up until that point. I learned how to ride my bike on the same street those jackasses were speeding on. I think the scary part for me is that the safe haven that I once called home was no longer safe. Please be careful out there, everyone. Please. The story happened in April of 2019. For the sake of the story, I'm going to refer to myself as Jake. I'm a 25-year-old Puerto Rican man, and I used to live in a small Caribbean island called Trinidad and I lived together with two of my cousins in Port of Spain, the capital of Trinidad. But since we come from an ultra-wealthy family and have big trust accounts, we didn't work. We just enjoyed life, got out of bed whenever we felt like it, and wandered around the island of Trinidad frequently and generally indulged. But one night was different in a really bad way. The horror happened one late night when we were chilling in the balcony of our house, when all of a sudden we saw a 2013 BMW 5 with no license plate and tinted windows, and it sped into the neighborhood. Then two guys got out and started shooting at the house next door. 
The homeowner next door also started shooting. We panicked and we ran inside our house. We then shut the door, ran to one of our rooms, and then hid under the bed. The gunshots didn't stop and it had really lasted for a while. At some point, I really thought that they weren't going to stop. After what felt like forever, the gunshots finally stopped and we heard the BMW speed away and it was quiet again. All we heard was crickets after that. Three to four minutes later, the local Port of Spain police showed up and went over to the house next door. Sadly, however, the homeowner next door did not survive. He was dead on the scene. As you can imagine, me and my cousins later decided to book our plane tickets, break the lease of our rented house, and we left Trinidad, then going back to the rest of our family and Miami, Florida. We're still living our lavish life to this day, but this night in Trinidad will forever be in our memory. This happened in 2009 when I was 17. I was in my junior year of high school, and back when it was still here in the U.S. state I lived in, I had a job as a cashier at Kmart. On this particular night while I was working the closing shift, there was a woman who came up to the register that I was working in. I rung up and bagged up her items, and right before she left, she said that there was a guy in the store who was following her around and harassing her. She described to me what the guy looked like. I told her that I'd take care of it when I saw him. She thanked me and then left the store. A couple of minutes go by and there was this random sketchy looking guy that came up to the register I was working with and it was the same exact guy that the woman described to me. He was an older guy. He looked to be in his early 40s, had long unwashed hair and was wearing old beat up shoes, a stained white t-shirt and saggy jeans. He started staring at me for about five seconds. Then I asked him, How can I help you, sir? He then asked if I had seen a woman in the store. He then described it to be the same woman who told me about the guy that was following her around in the store. I told him that she left, and I also told him that she was telling me that he was following her around the store and harassing her. Then he said to me, why don't you mind your own fucking business and just serve me? I told him I wasn't going to serve him if he's going to be rude. Then he totally flipped down, demanding me to serve him or he would punch me in the face. My manager actually saw and heard everything. She told him if he didn't leave, she was going to call the police. Right before he left, he then shouted, Fine, but you will both be hearing from my lawyer. Then he left the store. The next night when I was walking through the electronics department, the same guy from the previous night came up to me and he demanded to know what makes me think it's legal to have him kicked out of the store. I once again reminded him of why he was kicked out. Then he lost it. And then he put one hand over my mouth and his other hand on my ass. I tried screaming but my screaming was muffled. The guy then said, Make one more sound and you'll never see another second of daylight. I was really fucking freaked out at this point, so I punched very hard in the groin, and he let me go and then fell to the floor. I then kicked him in the face until his nose actually started to bleed. The manager came out, and she said she saw on camera what he did to me, and that she was glad I was alright, and that I was able to defend myself. She called the police, 
and the guy was arrested and banned from the store for life. When I got home that night, I told my parents what happened that night and the previous night as well. They were really glad I was alright and that the guy didn't do much worse to me. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always...